sports, politics, life, Buck Roofing presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. It's a little hard to say whether our lead on this episode of KKHI is going to make you feel better or a whole lot worse about the elections because I don't really know how to feel about this myself. Uh, now, I'm a, I'm a half full guy, all right? So I'm going to see the positive in this and, and speak about the positive of this, but it is a pretty significant number as we're on th- as of Thursday morning, we're still waiting to get all of the House races tallied. And everybody believes this will be Republican control, and they will probably lead by about 15 to 20. They currently hold a 23-point margin with, what, 30-some seats left to be decided. So they've got a nice lead here on the tallies so far. It looks like the, the House is going to be comfortably Republican, not red-wave Republican. And there are all kinds of different paths to the Senate being Republican-held, which is all good news, despite the fact that we've all been hanging our heads and lamenting all this since Tuesday night. But here comes the Whopper, folks. And I can't believe this is not more widely reported because I had not seen this until Thursday morning. And this was deep dive material for me. This was a little harder to find. This is pretty remarkable. Okay, here we go. House of Representative votes nationwide. Nationwide. This is every House race. All 435 of them, right? Or four, yeah, four, yeah, 435 of them. In the House races, Republicans have over a 6 million vote lead nationwide. That is 52.3% to 46.2%. That is a freaking beatdown. It may not sound like it in a nationwide race. A 6 million vote general election advantage for the House of Representatives is way more than the polls suggested, which said, remember the generic poll ballot? The House of Representatives generic poll. Uh, Three-point lead by the Democrats, two-point lead by the Democrats. Oh, the Republicans are tied. Maybe a one-point lead by the Republicans. No. How about a six-point differential in the vote in the House of Representatives? That's so far. All right, this could be, they could grow on this. It is a six million vote lead. That's 52.3% to 46.2% for the House of Representatives. To put this in perspective, it is only three-tenths of a point less than the Tea Party ass-kicking in 2010. You remember the Tea Party in 2010? After Obama had been in for two years, it was historic. Obama lost all these seats. It was a complete butt-whooping, blah, blah, blah. That was almost identical to this in the vote tally. What are we talking about here? We're talking about a party that lost a boatload of close races, a party that beat them down. I mean, it's, I'm looking at the tally right now, 207 to 148. So on the ones that Republican ones, they won big. They expanded their leads. They're growing conservatism. There are more voters switching and moving to the right. We see this everywhere. Unfortunately, now Kansas District 3 isn't one of them. Mayor Cleaver's district in Missouri isn't one of them. Those are now big blue districts. We could see the margins there. But in the close races around the country, we're losing more of those than were anticipated in a race that is 52 to 46 nationwide. So we you got to take solace in this. You have to look at this number and say, okay, this is better than the actual result. We may not like the final scoreboard. The House of Representatives is going to be conservative or Republican. The Senate is, it looks like, at worst, 
at worst, going to be right where it was, tied, that there's no loss there in a year where Republicans defended 21 seats and Democrats only had to defend 14. So that was an imbalance. That in and of itself, in a normal year, defending 21 Senate seats and your other party defending 14 and you stayed even, that's a win. In almost any other year, that's a victory in and of itself, not having to defend seats. So I, I'm, I just I feel like this has gone better than is being reported. I think a lot of people, even on the right, reporting are piling in. I think there's a lot of never-Trumper Republicans out there that want to play the middle, that, that want to say this was a disaster, Trump's the problem. The I never understood media coverage of one Senate race more than another. This is one of the things I didn't understand. Like Pennsylvania got all the attention. So it was the one that got all the attention. Why? Because it was close, because Fetterman, Oz was a celebrity. Fetterman had a stroke. Pretty much everyone knew that Ohio was going to go Republican. The state has gone that way. Vance pulled through, won easily. What are we talking about here? Why, why would we pay so much more attention to Pennsylvania than, say, and Georgia, for that matter? Pennsylvania and Georgia. Why so much about those two races and not so much about Nevada and Arizona? If you're trying to get to a tally of 52-48 Republican, it's all the same. Each state matters the same. Is it time zones? Is it populations? Is it cities? Are, is, is most of our coverage still biased to the East Coast time zone? Because that's what we got. We got more on New Hampshire than we got in Nevada. And you still, it's hard to find anything going on with Laxalt in Nevada. He's kept his two-point lead as they continue to count votes in Nevada. It's leaning conservative in Nevada, which would be 50. Okay, the, the Arizona thing's going to take a while. They're dropping at least 650,000 more ballots to be counted, most of those by hand. This is crazy what's going on in Arizona. We've got a runoff in Georgia. Georgia is now a possible pickup. As I described last night, we'll get into our uh, patron event that we had last night. As I described last night, this, is, this would now be a gain, okay? That, that seat... This would be a pickup. Herschel Walker lost the race. The votes are counted. Herschel Walker lost. Thanks to a wonderful law that benefits Republicans this time in Georgia, there's a runoff where the libertarian gets bounced out and they re-vote and it's just Warnock and Walker. Otherwise, it's over today. It's 49-49. Georgia is blue. We can only gain there now. And everybody's running around with their, oh God, we got a runoff in Georgia. We can only gain this is a positive. Herschel Walker got beat in the general. He lost. This can only be a gain. But it is a shocking number. Over 6 million more votes for Republicans for the House of Representatives than for Democrats. That is far better than any poll suggested. And that is absolutely 1,000% red wave material. That's not quite red tsunami. But what was 2010? We described 2010 and the Tea Party as a red tsunami. Obama just got pummeled, remember? was the word he used? I mean, it was bad. He was hanging his head. He was like, I can't believe we just got punched in the mouth like this. They don't like what we're doing here. It was the same thing. This was Americans saying, we don't like what's going on. Six million more Republican votes for House races than Democrats. That is huge. That's 52.3 to 46.2. That is a 6.1% gap. Total votes, 50.1 million to 44.2 million. It is stunning. And I don't know whether that makes your day 
or whether that makes you crazy. What it means is a lot of people switched. There was support on the right. They voted. And the House seats that the Republicans won, they won more easily. And the House seats Democrats are hanging on to or winning. They're doing it by the skin of their teeth. And I don't know whether that makes you feel better or any worse. I was driving to the Blue Moose in Lenexa last night. We had our patron party event there. Nice gathering. We had some no-shows. I, you know, I had a lot of RSVPs. We had some no-shows. I think some people were down on the election, didn't want to come, thought, well, it's not going to be as fun. We lost this. We lost that. It's not going well. And I think some people maybe stayed home and said, I'm still watching. You know, I want to see how the House races play out. I want to watch Nevada and Arizona see these other Senate races. So I think there was some of that. I'm not bad mouthing anybody that didn't come. I've told you a million times we have these events. I just try to get an idea of how many people came. But we had food left over. About 6 o'clock, uh, well, first, let me tell you about my drive there. I'm driving down uh, Woodland Road in Lenexa. And I drive by a house. And there are two yard signs in front of the house that I had not noticed before. It's not far from where I live. And I've driven by there a few times that I hadn't noticed it. One of the signs in the yard was Charlotte O'Hara. That was Johnson County Commissioner. She's a conservative. She got pummeled. Johnson County's decidedly blue now. She got pummeled, but that's a Republican. And next to her sign was Dennis Pyle. Dennis Pyle is the conservative state senator from Hiawatha in Kansas that got pissed off at all the other Republicans last year over redistricting and decided to, and got kicked off his seat. He had a committee seat or something. Ty Masterson is the president of the Senate. He redrew the lines. Pyle didn't like the lines. Pyle's in Hiawatha. He thought by redrawing the lines and putting Lawrence into the first district of Kansas that it could wreck the conservative first district. So he was very concerned about that. Nobody wants Lawrence in the Kansas GOP. Like Lawrence is the one we just got it. And I think at some point they'll probably just like carve it in half and send it into, I don't know how they're going to do it. But nobody wants Lawrence. This was like almost 80% for Laura Kelly for governor in Lawrence. Nobody wants it. So in the GOP, nobody wants it. So Dennis Pyle threw a hissy fit after getting kicked off his committee, went out and got a bunch of signatures and decided to stick his middle finger in the air to the Republicans that shunned him in Topeka and did what? Decided to make sure that their chosen candidate, Derek Schmidt, wouldn't be governor and hand the thing to Laura Kelly. He says he's a conservative Christian. He's a far-right conservative Christian. You're a bad person, Dennis Pyle. You need to go to church. And you need to think about the people that you represent in the state of Kansas, what they stand for, what they want. And if Derek Schmidt isn't conservative enough for you, and Derek Schmidt and his cronies run the party, and you didn't like the way they redrew the maps, and you got kicked off a committee, you are selfish. And you need to pick up your Bible, and you need to read it. And you need to read all chapter and verse on selfish and even gluttonous behavior because that's all this was. This was self-importance. This was ego. This was everything that Jesus taught us not to be. Pick up your Bible, Dennis Pyle, and read it. Read it and ask yourself, what did I just do? For the people that entrusted me with this seat, in my district, my Senate seat in Hiawatha, and conservatives in Kansas, in our state, what did you just do? What are you responsible for? Ask yourself that. 
I don't know the man, but I'm disgusted by him. And it was quite a topic last night at our event. At 6 o'clock, we had our speaking event. Mike Thompson was unable to make it. And I'm not going to go into any detail at all on this podcast, but Mike is, um, he's had a medical emergency. And we believe everything's going to be just fine with Mike Thompson. But he was unable to be at the event. A lot of folks were disappointed in that. And I certainly understand why they were disappointed in that. But we just, we did something different last night. I just, I spoke for maybe five to 10 minutes and then opened it up to everyone. We had probably 60, 70 people in the room at this point. And I opened it up and said, raise your hand if you want to express something about the election, because there's no reason to ask me. I'm not some election expert. Don't ask me any questions about the election. Let's hear what your thoughts are. And it was fascinating. I started with a poll. I said, raise your hand right now. Here we are at the Blue Moose. This is a polling territory. We are all voting right now today. It is the primary. You have two choices for Republican nominee for president of the United States. Your two choices are Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Show of hands. How many of you are voting for Ron DeSantis? 59 out of 60 raised their hands. How many would vote for Trump? One person. And nobody booed or guffawed or anything at the lady that raised her hand and said, hey, I'm a Trump person, but there, and, and it goes way back. She's been to many Trump rallies. She's just a believer in him and everything else. And then I asked the question, how many of you think Ron DeS- if Trump announces Tuesday, how many of you think Ron DeSantis will run? And a little over half raised their hands and think that he will run against Trump. This was, I guess, not surprising to me. I think you've experienced the same thing probably talking to all your friends. And God bless Donald Trump for what he's done for our party and what he did for America. All of those things. But the snapshot today, and I reserve the right to change my mind. I do. It is pretty obvious in the wake of this election, the best thing right now is for Donald Trump to just be a former president, stay quiet for a while, show up at some rallies for DeSantis if he becomes the presidential nominee, and keep us out of the circus. Now, there's always going to be a circus. I think one of the things that was missing, and I heard this in the discussion at the event last night, was you know, there won't be all this drama, there won't be this and that. It doesn't matter. They hated George Bush. They hated Mitt Romney. They hated John McCain. They're going to attack Ron DeSantis endlessly. They will turn it into a circus somehow about Ron DeSantis. They will do that. He's not subjected to that in the state of Florida. So it's different when you run for president. The Democrat machine, what they will do to DeSantis will be awful. And maybe running against Trump is the best thing for him. Maybe Trump brings all that out and DeSantis still wins and then goes on and does it. Donald Trump needs to think long and hard. Does he really want to be remembered as the president that didn't get a second term, then ran in a primary and lost? Do you really want to be remembered that way? Because what he's going to be remembered for is bringing right now, nothing if nothing else, he's going to be remembered by the people that matter most to him as the president that brought in millions of new voters, like literally people that didn't vote before, brought them into the party, kept them in the party, educated and rejuvenated the great American spirit that I first learned from Ronald Reagan. All of these great things. He could be remembered for all of that. And he could still run around the rest of his life in his last breath and last days saying he thought he got cheated by Joe Biden. And there's going to be plenty of people that still believe that. I think it's really, really interesting. I just, Donald Trump's ego overtakes everything. I think he's going to run. I think it's going to be a crap show. I think DeSantis will probably run against him. 
but it will be several months before DeSantis announces that. But we are at a crossroads, and it is going to be wild, and we can absolutely blow this. We can blow it. We probably won't blow the Senate next time because it flips next time, and they have to defend a lot more than we do, so that will be good, and we'll look forward to that. But it was a very interesting night at the Blue Moose and Lenexa. A really nice spot, nice staff there. Appreciate everything they did for us. I upscaled the appetizers last night. It was good stuff. It was good stuff for the patrons and the patron party. So uh, there you go. That's that's the way it all worked out, and we appreciate uh, the fact that people were accommodating and understanding that Mike Thompson couldn't be there. We'll have him at a future event, I feel sure. I got an email from a listener. I'll go with the first name of Brian. Brian lives in Overland Park. And I've been asking, who are these voters that could vote for Jerry Moran and Laura Kelly in the state of Kansas? There wasn't hardly any of this in Missouri. We saw the levels of Republican votes the same with pretty much everyone versus levels of Democrat votes for everyone. And there's a wonderful initiative in Missouri that has passed whoppingly. This police amendment to the Constitution of Missouri passed 63 to 37. It was a beatdown. This is the, this is the re, for every action, there's a reaction. This is the reaction to Quentin Lucas and the city council of Kansas City, Missouri, trying to say, we are responsible for the police budget here. The state is not responsible. We'll do what we want to do with our police funding, and we're going to defund, and we're going to do all this stuff. Well, here we are two years later, and the state of Missouri strikes back. The voters of the state of Missouri strike back. Overwhelmingly, this amendment passed, and here's what this means. Not only does Mayor Lucas not get to defund the police, not only does he not get to put it off to social workers knocking on doors, he now, by state law, must take five, by state amendment, must take 5% of his general budget from elsewhere and add it to the police funding. He has to move five, this is tens of millions of dollars. It'd be like, what's, what's the budget of the department? It's like 200 and 300 million, something like that. So we're talking 5%. We'd be talking about 15, 10, 15 million dollars, 20 million dollars that he'd have to spend on policing that he wasn't spending before. By state law, he has to do this. You, you just, if you're Kansas City or St. Louis, you don't fight with Jefferson City. Forever, my entire life, it's been understood. You work with the state. You ask them for money. You don't plan on giving them your money. And you, you try to get help from Jefferson City because the state is a whole benefits. And St. Louis and Kansas City got these big egos in their heads that, oh, we're these Democrat strongholds and they run around and the only people they ever see are Democrats. That's not the state of Missouri. The state of Missouri doesn't vote that way. The state of Missouri voted 63 to 37 for a police amendment initiative, a complete and utter beatdown and mandate from the people of Missouri that we want you to spend more on policing. We want Kansas City and, and, and St. Louis to be safe because we don't live there, but we want to visit there. We want to go to a ball game. We want to feel like there's enough cops. We want to feel like it's safe. We want to feel, feel like people are in jail that deserve to be in jail. This is what Missourians want. And it passed ridiculously. I mean, I mean, it, it's just not even close. So Missouri was very steady. Everything they did was, was great. Kansas, I couldn't figure it out. I, I asked the question on the podcast, who are these people that would vote for Jerry Moran for Senate and Laura Kelly for governor? And I got an email from Brian from Overland Park. He says, hello, Kevin. I've listened to you since moving to Kansas City 23 years ago. Your 2 o'clock daily monologue on 810 was something I planned my day around, making sure to have access to my radio at that time. I still catch your podcast a few times a week. I love it. 
I'm the guy that you stated today that you've never met and doesn't exist. I don't think I said you don't exist. You clearly exist because that's proven in the voting. Now, maybe I was talking about women, saying it was mostly women and not men. But I, I digress. Let me keep reading. I'm that guy. My wife also falls into this category, as do several friends and neighbors in South Johnson County. I am a Laura Kelly, Amanda Atkins, Jerry Moran, Chris Mann voter. Okay. So this person, these people voted for Democrat for governor, Republican for Congress, Republican for Senate, and Democrat for Attorney General. I say this as someone who vehemently agreed with Laura Kelly's COVID lockdowns. Why do I still vote for her? Because I fear the crazy Kansas legislature much more than I fear her. The legislature has moved so far to the right that Kelly and Chris Mann give me some peace of mind to maintain some balance in Topeka. I fully support the Republicans on the national level, but I do believe the Kansas legislature needs a bit of balance to offset the wackos, just my two cents. Brian. Thank you, Brian. And I emailed him back and I said, I completely respect this vote. It is well thought out. It is intelligent. It has reasoning. He's dedicated to what he's doing. And I would merely point out, not as an argument with him, he gets to vote how he wants. I would merely point out the story that I just told about Dennis Pyle, who is maybe the most conservative state senator in Kansas from Hiawatha, is livid at his own legislature that they're not conservative enough. So don't ask me to decide which it is. Because the infighting in the GOP was the overly conservatives didn't win on the redistricting. They were softer. The real conservatives won something different. They just want to throw District 3 to the wind and protect the others. So I, the actions, at least in redistricting, don't back up Brian's claim here of his concern about the legislature. I did not see the word abortion in his email, but perhaps that's what it is. And perhaps it's, it's an issue of, of some sort like that. But I, I do greatly appreciate all the emails I get. Trust me, I respect your vote, man. I respect everyone's right to vote. I respect it all. Uh, I just, I'm a, I'm a straight line party voter because I just can't handle not getting that person in. I take a lot of heat from many of you that, oh, you'd be okay with Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Well, no, not okay with it, but it's better than Nancy Pelosi. Steve Scalise says he's going to run for speaker. We'll see how that goes. Is he really more conservative than Kevin McCarthy? Shoot me emails. Let me know. I'll throw my support behind Scalise. Doesn't matter. The congressmen and women are going to vote on this, and that's going to be that. But I just, I just can't. The alternative doesn't ever work for me. Somebody like Dennis Pyle and what he did in Kansas, I, I can't understand it. Derek Schmidt is not conservative enough for you, so you want Laura Kelly to be governor? What the hell? And he thinks he's done something great. He thinks he's awakened Kansans. You haven't awakened anyone. Ugh. Absolutely dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. But not as embarrassing as Pete Mundo at KCMO Sports Radio, or Talk Radio 710. Pete's a friend. He's a good man. He said if... Sharice Davids, that the poll came out in the New York Times, was 11 points or 14 points, whatever. He said, if Sharice Davids wins by that total, I'll run around the building naked. Well, he's done it. Uh, I, apparently, what Mundo said was, if she won by 10 points, he'd do it. Now, there are pictures on social media of Pete Mundo in very tight little swimmer trunks things. Not quite a Speedo, 
He's holding a Sharice David sign over his private parts, and he has running shoes on. He's outside the Cumulus Media Building in Overland Park, which is a corporate woods. And the video's coming. He's about ready to post the video today of him running around the building. No shirt, nothing. Like, naked as a jaybird, except these shorts. The people he works for would not let him take his shorts off and do it. I get that. So he says, I'm a man of my word. I've done this. It's a great radio stunt. A little embarrassing for Pete Mundo, but Pete Mundo's in great shape. He's a young man. He's even got a little bit of a six-pack going there. Mundo, take your shirt off more, man. Or maybe when you do these uh, politics in a pine events, maybe put on one of those cool guy, really tight, you know, polo shirts to show your rib cage there, man. He's got it. Not only does this guy work harder than anybody you know, he's got a million jobs. He's got the website heartlandcollegesports.com, which is great. You love college athletics, go there, heartlandcollegesports.com. He's got his own podcast, his own website, petemundo.com. He's the program director at KCMO and does the four-hour morning show every day and gets up at 4 a.m. He also has small children at home. So Pete Mundo's a pretty focused, lasered-in guy on everything that he does, and it looks like he finds time to work out on the side and definitely eat right, which I know. Way to go, Pete. We're proud of you. I was never going to say I was going to do anything if Sharice Davids won because I don't trust any of this stuff at all. KKHI is brought to you by the Finch Knife Company. Holiday season is a great time to log on to finchknifeco.com and make that purchase for your dad or your son or your brother or your friend or your client or a colleague. A Finch pocket knife says, I was really thinking about you. I, I know you. I was thinking about you. And I went and did something a little bit extra this year for Christmas because I know you and I know you'll appreciate this and you will use it. And you're going to love your Finch knife online at finchknifeco.com or at Shields in Overland Park or the bullet hole in Mission. If you're shopping for the ladies, guys, Jocelyn's Jewelry is the way to go this time of year. The holidays are here. 95th and Antioch. Go on in. Last night, I sat at a table with a couple who had been into Jocelyn's yesterday. She went in and got all her rings clean. She said she shopped there for years. She loves it. It's just how I describe it on the podcast. There are no sales commission reps. The ladies that work there have been there forever. Uh, Dave was off. Dave wasn't there. He's on a trip. He's on vacation, but Cameron was there. Cameron's the heir to Joslin's. He's the son-in-law. It's a family business. Always has been Gary Joslin's in only a couple of days a week these days, but he's usually there on Saturdays. If you'd like to go in and get some of that good homespun charm from Gary Joslin, Saturday's your day. If not ask for Cameron right now, tell him you listen to the podcast and say, here I am looking for something for the holiday season. It's Cameron at Joslin's Jewelry, online at joslinsjewelry.com, 95th and Antioch, the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. Back Nine Development is your custom home builder. He also does great projects like commercial properties and room additions and condominiums like the Solheim at Grandmere on the Colbert Hills Golf Course in Manhattan. Back9development.com is the website. If you're thinking about building or doing any sort of project or development, log on to their website and see what they do. Back, numeral nine, development.com. Love those guys. And of course, my friends, Mike and Tim at Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs, home of the lifetime warranty. You don't get that everywhere. Why would you pay for the lifetime warranty at another dealership when you can get your new Chevy, Buick, or GMC at Roberts Robinson and get it included on all new vehicles? All new vehicles. That's pretty good right there. Don't settle for three years, 36,000. Get the lifetime warranty. And it's truck season right now. $1,000 bonus cash and accessories on Chevy trucks all month long. Costco members get an extra $1,000 incentive 
on Chevy HD work trucks, and 0% financing is available on most GMC and Buick vehicles. At Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC, we are professional grade. All right, the stock market, I think, is pretty happy today. We started the podcast before the market opened. Let's take a look here. Now the markets are open. They were expecting a pretty good rally. We're up uh, 775 points. The market liked the the market liked the economic numbers that were released. And I, God bless these people on Wall Street, but it is crazy to try to figure them out. Inflation was expected to come in year over year from October at 7.9%, and it came in at 7.7%. So this is the first indication that all these interest rate hikes are working, that people aren't buying stuff, that there's going to be more homes in supply, there's going to be more vehicles on car lots, there's going to be more clothes available in the store because people aren't buying as much, there's more TVs on the wall at B-Stock than there were. This is not great for retailers, this is not great for businesses, but it it works for consumers. We know that. When there's more supply than demand, prices come down. It's tried and true. And Wall Street is viewing this as something good. I want to reiterate, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about 7.7% inflation year over year from last October to this October. That is not good. There is no way to spin this. This is fake. This is all fake. You may be excited that the stock market's going up today because of that news. This is bad news. We are headed to a recession. People are pulling their money in. Businesses are going to suffer. Businesses are going to go out of business. People are going to lose their jobs. All of these things are real and will happen. When you cut off spending, which is what our government is trying to do, they're trying to keep us from buying stuff. When you do that, really bad things happen. They're doing this for politics. They don't want inflation to be here in two more years. That's all they're doing. There is no way, I'm sorry, to spin this. You cannot spin 7.7% year-over-year inflation as good news. You can't do it. When he took over, it was in the ones. Gas prices were $2 cheaper. Everything was better in our economy. And all the spending, the trillions of dollars of spending by this Democrat regime that is finally over, they're not going to be spending trillions over the next two years. That will stop inflation more than anything. The rest of that money's baked in. Some of it can be cut off. The Republicans say they're cutting a lot of it off, that this IRS thing is not happening. They're not funding 87,000 more IRS agents, that this, this Republican Congress will not pay for that. They will not approve that in any way. They're drawing a line in the sand and saying, we are not approving 87,000 more IRS agents. We'll see what they do with, with student debt forgiveness and some of these other things and the other bills that pass through. We'll see. But the stock market loves this because they expected inflation to be worse than it is. It's bad, but it could have been two-tenths of a point worse. God bless the stock markets. And from the entertainment world, I find this interesting. Dave Chappelle is a free speech warrior like Elon Musk and many others, like Kevin Keatsman. Not to speak of myself in the third person. I believe in free speech. I believe in people's right to be wrong. I've said for 25 years on radio and in podcasting, no opinion is wrong. It's your opinion. It's your truth. You may have some facts that you cite in your opinion that are wrong and provably wrong, but your actual opinion can't be wrong. If you say I voted Democrat because there is no inflation and I love the Democrat party, 
Your opinion is, I voted Democrat because I love the party. That can't be argued. The fact within your commentary that there is no inflation is provably false. But your opinion isn't wrong. You have the right in the opinion of, I love the Democrat party because they're doing an awesome job. You just say that. You say, I, I voted Democrat. I love the Democrat party. They're doing an incredible job for America. That's your opinion. So far, you're good. But then if you put a comma in that sentence and say, because there is no inflation. That's not opinion. That's fact. We prove that. There, there's provable facts that there is inflation. But opinions aren't wrong. Dave Chappelle loves free speech in his comedy. He likes to make fun of everyone and everything. He got in trouble for being transphobic a couple of years ago on a Netflix special. You can't cancel this guy. Too many people think he's funny. Too many people like him. The writers, Dave Chappelle is scheduled to be the host of Saturday Night Live Saturday night. I'm going to predict right now it's the highest rated episode in years for Saturday Night Live because Dave Chappelle is the host. It, let me reiterate this. It's live. There's no telling what he's going to say or do. He's funny. It's live. He's unpredictable. And the writers of Saturday Night Live are still so bent from a couple of years ago where he supposedly made, he made jokes about trans, transgenders. He made transgender jokes. Deal with it. You want to be accepted and part of the mainstream? Deal with being made fun of. Everybody else does. The writers apparently have walked off and said, we're not writing this show this week. But there's a photo of Chappelle online of him at the table read. And they released a statement said, I'm here at this table read. And there's a bunch of writers here. I don't think it's the regular writers. I think they brought in some backup writers or they did whatever. There's plenty of smart people there. Hell, Dave Chappelle could write the whole, ep- whole show, right? It's not that hard. It's short sketches. It can be done. It's not as funny as it used to be. Delivery and talent matters a lot. Dave Chappelle will deliver because he has talent. There's a picture of him at the, at the table read where they read the scripts of what the, scripts, uh, the skits are going to be. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. There's, there's writers at this table. But the regular writers are boycotting this show because of Dave Chappelle, which is just unbelievable to me. Probably mostly liberal white writers boycotting a black man who made fun of transgender people. I, 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 my head's exploding on that one. What I got from the picture that's online of him at the table read was, there's just nothing like being a superstar and there's nothing really like Hollywood or acting or whatever. It just breaks all the rules. They're indoors. They're at the table. They're in New York. They're sitting around the table. And Dave Chappelle has an ashtray full of butts and ashes, and he is smoking a cigarette. Who still smokes cigarettes at work? It just just caught my eye. Times have changed. It caught my eye. Just one of those things. Okay, if you're headed to a uh, K-State game at any point this winter or you've got a project in Manhattan with work related to the NBAF facility or the, all the construction and growth in the Manhattan area, it's a great place to stay for your trip to Manhattan, and that is the Bluemont Hotel. Online at bluemonthotel.com. It really is one of a kind in Manhattan. It's really kind of one of a kind in the Midwest. It's not some cookie-cutter chain. The Bluemont's a gorgeous, beautiful hotel with spacious new rooms. It's a great new property right on the corner of, of campus in Aggieville. They've got a great restaurant inside, Goolsby. Goolsby's where you can enjoy a cold beverage, an appetizer, relax, have some indoor entertainment. They have duck pin bowling. They have golf simulators, batting cages. It's not Dave and Buster's. It's for adults. The kids will like a couple of these things too, but it's, it's not a bunch of crazy kids running around. It's a good adult spot. If you, if you travel out 
in that area, central Kansas, for business at all? Consider staying a night or two in Manhattan and see if the Blue Mountain Hotel isn't better for you than the normal place that you stay. Call Skylar for any group reservations. She can come up with a unique solution that'll work for you and your group. Wanting you to come back year after year if you want to do a little convention or an event or a getaway in Manhattan. It's the Blue Mountain Hotel and Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center. Uh, big props to Advantage Termite and Pest Control for jumping on board here at KKHI. Many of you have emailed me and said we've made the switch. We have a pest control company. They've been okay. You don't really have a problem with your pest control company. You don't really know them. Different guy comes every time. You don't really know the owners. Maybe it's a big national chain. Come on, man. Go with somebody you know and trust. These are my guys. These are our people. Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Family, locally owned and operated. That's it. That's all you got to know. They're not the biggest. They're just the best. AdvantageTPC.com, 913-768-8989, residential or commercial. They also have a critter service. <laughs> you have wildlife problems, Advantage Termite and Pest Control for over 20 years taking care of Kansas City. All right, on to sports. And the big story this week is Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs are facing Doug Peterson, the Jagville Jaguars. Jaguars have been game this year. They started pretty good early. I don't like their quarterback much. I don't think he's growing into his role. They've put an awful lot of money and draft equity into him, certainly. But the story this week, a lot of people are talking about Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl. He won his before Andy. They go all the way back to their days in Green Bay where Andy was an assistant coach and Doug Peterson was a backup quarterback. Doug Peterson on a conference call Wednesday was asked about Andy having a winning record against Doug Peterson and, you know, all the wins that he has against all the other assistants that Andy has had. How's that possible? And Peterson responded, well, he's a better coach. And then he laughed and said in all seriousness, they talked about it. This is crazy. Andy Reid has 10 former assistants that have been head coaches or are currently head coaches in the NFL. He has a losing record to one of them. And that is Leslie Frazier at 0-1. That's it. He lost to Leslie Frazier. 0-1. Seven other Andy Reid assistants he has a winning record against and two others he's 500 against. He's 1-0 against Doug Peterson, likely to be 2-0 after Sunday. I think the Chiefs got a, a really good wake-up call in victory and a trampoline bounce from that win on Sunday night. I really do. Here's what I believe in. I believe the Chiefs went into that game very rare for the Chiefs. Very rare. I believe they went into the game not knowing if they could beat Tennessee because every time they play them, it's a physical beatdown, a rock fight is what they call it when you face Tennessee, that the Chiefs don't like. They don't like it. It does not suit their style. Did the Chiefs make mistakes? Could it have been easier? Should they, by, by statistics and numbers and passing and all those things, should they have won and won bigger? Yeah, all those things. But that's not what Tennessee does. So I think the Chiefs get a bounce from that game. I think they're like, okay, okay, we've taken on pretty much every type of team now this year and beaten pretty much everyone. We've lost a couple of games. That, that's true. But that, they blame that on themselves. I don't think there's any questioning now. I think now they're absolutely saying, yes, we know we can beat anybody and we can play any style of football and do it. I think they get that bounce this week, and I think the Chiefs, to me, they look really good this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And should, by the way, this should be a, I mean, this should be a 31-17 kind of game. You ought to probably go win this one by two touchdowns. 
not have a lot of drama in the fourth quarter. I don't see a whole lot in Jacksonville that tells me they ought to be able to just shut you down and keep you away from 31 points. And I don't see a lot in their offense that says they're going to score with you. They might put 17 or 20 on the board, but probably won't put 34 on the board. So I love this game. We've got a couple of basketball notes here today in the sports portion of KKHI, and this one's really sad. In my pre-radio days, I worked at Channel 4. I was in television from 88 to 97, and I covered a gazillion home games at Allen Fieldhouse, but largely my beat was Mizzou. So there was, when I wasn't, before I was weekend anchoring, I'd go every Saturday to the football games in Columbia. We would drive down in February on Tuesday nights in the snow and cover Norm Stewart's teams. They were really good teams, really good teams. Cover every game, do post games. Sometimes we'd have a satellite truck there, do a live shot at 10 o'clock. It was just different than it is today. Missouri basketball, big eight basketball, media coverage was enormous. It was a big, big, big deal. Not that it isn't a college basketball isn't a big deal today. It's just for the news, the local news. That's how people got their highlights. The game wasn't on TV. That's how they got Norm Stewart's awesome quotes. And it was it was a big part of the news that night, the 10 o'clock news. Hey, we're going live to Columbia. Missouri's just beaten Iowa State, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. So it was a big deal. So I covered Mizzou a lot. I went to the NCAA tournament with them many times. I was the Tyus Edney game. I, I, I did a lot with Mizzou. And it was just a, a very fond part of my career. They were wonderful people to work with. I mean, it was completely different. Working with the athletic Department folks at Missouri when Norm Stewart was coaching there versus the athletic department people at KU when Roy Williams was there was a completely different experience. It was blue collar. Ver- <laughs> was maybe almost as simple as Republican versus Democrat. That's all I can tell you. I was treated with great respect at Mizzou. They had a great respect for the press, for media. They were really, really, really good to work with. Accommodating Kansas, not so much. Roy was... Really, and I know Roy has a lot of friends, and I know he's a good man. This is not, but boy, he came into that job with a chip on his shoulder as an underdog. Bill Snyder did the same thing. Don't get me wrong here. Bill Snyder's first 10 years at K-State, he was a rough, snarky, chip-on-the-shoulder, hate-everybody kind of guy. Lock him out. Keep him out of here. Don't let him see anything. I don't trust anybody. He and Roy had that in common, and it worked. Norm wasn't like that. Norm was like, oh, you guys want to go to the tournament? You can fly on the team plane. And we paid for those tickets because it would be a conflict of interest to not pay for the tickets, but we flew on the charter with the team. It was just a completely different deal. And from 90 to 94, there was a player that was kind of a, you don't call them cult heroes. I don't know what you call them in college. They're the guy on the bench that every fan loves. They're like a fan favorite that doesn't play a lot. He had been a megastar at Park Hill High School. He walked on at Mizzou. He played in 79 games over four years, including his senior year where Mizzou was undefeated in the Big Eight. This is from 90 to 94. He went on to be a high school coach, was the Kansas City Metro Coach of the Year at Park Hill South. He turned a 1-23 and Park Hill South team the following year into a state title game appearance. The man went on to coach at Iowa State and Hawaii as an assistant. And I'd lost touch and not really heard the name Jed Frost in a long time. But if you remember Jed Frost, he's younger than I was. I was covering the team. I was in my 20s, and he was a college kid playing. He's 51 years old today. 
you remember that when he got into the game, good things were in abundance. <laughs> this is usually the end of the game. He didn't average very many minutes. He didn't score a lot of points. When Jed Frost got in, it was, it was fun time. And everybody loved the white guy, right? Hey, we love this guy. And he was a good high school coach and did a lot of great things after college. Won awards. Again, Metro Coach of the Year in Kansas City. That's no small thing. On Wednesday in Dallas, where he and his wife resided, after she filed for divorce with him in May, they were still together. The divorce wasn't final. She works at the medical examiner's office. Jed Frost walks into the medical examiner's office, shoots and kills her, shoots and kills himself. I couldn't believe this story when I read it. You see these stories happen around the country. And we always compartmentalize these stories and push them off and say, well, that was some meth head. That was some loser. It's tragic. But you know, those people and probably the way they lived and it wasn't very, you know, whatever. Guy had been in and out of jail a million times. Jed Frost? That's a shame. Mental illness is a problem. It's a bigger problem in America than it's ever been post-COVID. And that is an absolute shame. All right, before we finish with our uplifting, happy, good-feeling, persistent story of the week, we'll thank a couple more sponsors here, Cross Kitchens KC. Tim, you're doing great work. I hear from folks that you're coming out to see. Remodeling's where it's at right now. Interest rates are over 7 you want to remodel your home? You want a new kitchen? Cross will do it. You want a new bathroom? You have an unfinished basement? You want to turn it into a man cave? Do it. You'll probably get it done by the Super Bowl. Let's go. CrossKitchensKC.com. 816-898-7047. And AmazingGarageFloors.net. We got about a month left to seal your driveway before the bad weather comes. Schedule now with John Hutchins. He'll come out. It doesn't take very long. He can do your driveway in a couple of hours. They put that seal on there, and that salt and sand this winter is going to do nothing to your concrete. Seal XP from Amazing Garage Floors, 913-901-7139, online at amazinggaragefloors.net. Don't forget to get your garage floor done. It'll make you real happy with your home. Here we go. I love uh, stories of, you know, you're persistent, you go about your business, you work hard, and it pays off. And it is paid off for former Kansas basketball player Jacques Vaughn. On November 1st, Jacques Vaughn was named interim coach of the Brooklyn Nets. He has seven years with the organization. Steve Nash was fired as the head coach. Vaughn takes over, and eight days later, he's named permanent coach. Now, he is only given a two-year deal, but I think that's fair. That, that doesn't sound unreasonable to me. He gets a guaranteed contract for this year and next. Then they'll reevaluate if they start winning and he does well. They'll obviously offer him a new contract within that time period. Jacques Vaughn was a great player at Kansas. Was a good pro player, I guess, for a while, right? But he's been a coach working with different teams for many, many years. How old are we getting? Jacques Vaughn was the 1996 Big 8 Player of the Year. Jacques Vaughn, 96 Big 8 Player of the Year. That would have made him the last Big 8 Player of the Year. 96 is the year in the fall that the Big 12 started. Jacques Vaughn, the last Big 8 player of the year, is now the head coach in Brooklyn. That's pretty cool. Congratulations. They say, you know, he was an academic 
star two at Kansas. He wasn't just the player of the year. I think he was like at least all big eight, maybe all American academically. Smart guy. He's paid his dues. He's been doing this for many, many years. He's been with one organization for seven years. He didn't get Steve Nash fired. There he is. He takes over. They watch him run the team for 10 days. They're like, man, we know you well enough. This is yours. You got this. We're going to give you a two-year deal, and we'll figure the rest of it out somewhere down the road. Let's go. It's go time. Congratulations to Jacques Vaughn. That's a good pick-me-up story right then and there. All right, for patrons on Thursday, we're going to have uh, Lee Sterling's patrons pick from Thursday Night Football. If you want to sign up and become a patron, you can do that. Met a couple of new patrons last night at the patron event. Just go to kksissues.com. Do that on your computer or your laptop, not your phone. If you want to sign up, it's just much easier. The formatting, it's just easier. It takes less than five minutes to sign up and become a patron. You get the patron podcast. You get the newsletter every weekend. And then, of course, our exclusive in-person events that we do where I buy for you. I'm telling you, the food that they ate last night, you know, if you brought your wife, you got enough food last night to pay for your patron membership for a year. (laughs) It just became a free thing for you. We do a lot of charity events with the patron program. We gave away free t-shirts and hats last night. Plenty of people last night got their whole, if if it's $5 a month, that's $60 a year. Plenty of people last night got their whole $60 worth. That's all I can tell you. It's just the way it works. Become a patron at kkhasissues.com. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs)